This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 133. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. You might be familiar with the saying, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Well, my guest for this episode is a triple A rated example of someone who lives that mantra. And by the way, I haven't edited any colourful prose from this session, and I know some of my listeners sometimes have little ears in the back seat, so just giving you the heads up. Lee Thomas Brown's professional trajectory has seen her Remax agency out of Charlotte, North Carolina, go from $5 million in value of annual property sold to $75 million by sticking closely to a potent success cocktail of discipline, focus, making informed decisions, and injecting her own personal brand of infectious, high-revving energy into everything she does. I'll warn you right out of the gate that this interview is full of actionable ideas and awesome content, including Lee's top three business growth strategies, her best ideas for getting out of a slump, the number one business winning tool most agents ignore, and as your personal business starts to grow, just whom you need to hire first. She's an author with a book called The Seven Deadly Sins of Sales, a podcaster at, wait for it, crazyshitinrealestate.com, a trainer at noflufftraining.com, and somehow in this jungle of activity, she's owner broker at Lee Brown & Associates, the Remax executive realty team in Charlotte. I'm going to post all these links in the show notes for this episode. Just go to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 133. So get ready to lead, follow, or get out of the way as we spend the next 20-odd minutes with a passionate real estate firebrand who sells a home once every 1.3 days. All that and more, coming up. The next time you need professional real estate marketing flyers, letters, or cards, don't ask your graphics people for an estimate or try to create something great in a Word doc. Instead, head over to jiggler.com and set up a free account. Jiggler is the online creative marketing tool for agents and it's jammed with proven templates including flyers, cards, stationery, letters and awesome social media posts. And it's so easy to use. If you can drive your Facebook page, you can drive Jiggler. So say goodbye to expensive graphic design bills, wasting time with clunky programs and marketing ideas that don't work and say hello to Jiggler. Set up your free account today at Jiggler.com. That's J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com. Well, Lee Thomas-Brown, welcome to Top Agents Playbook. How are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful, Ray. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. Oh, well, thank you so much for agreeing to, to do this. I, um, I was having a look at your Facebook profile before, and you are doing that much stuff at the moment. I have to scroll down the page. It's crazy out of control. You've you've got about 12 things going on at the moment and you're probably not declaring everything. Well, you know, if you want something done, you ask a busy woman. That's just how things get done in this world and you probably already knew that. Obviously. Well, that's why I wanted to get you on the show. So <laughs> where where can I start? You, you're a broker principal at Remax in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tell me about that business. 
So I got into real estate 17 years ago and I joined my dad in the business who was a REMAX agent at the time. And then we bought our own office in 2003. And then during the worst part of the recession, my dad had a massive heart attack and he's still alive, but it was a big enough heart attack that it caused him to reprioritize life. And so he wanted to get out of the day-to-day part of the brokerage. So we took our one office and merged it with Remax Executive, which is the largest firm in Charlotte that's not a um, regional firm. Right. And so now I have a partner by the name of Hadi Autry, who is an amazing businessman, and he's brilliant, and he runs the brokerage so that I can be the loudmouth and sell houses and <laughs> do my speaking thing, and it allowed my dad to mostly retire. So it's uh, my whole 17 years have been a journey with Remax from team member to team owner to owner to partial owner and team owner so it's a it's been fun i've done pretty much everything you can do yeah sounds like it now tell me uh lee about your business how many how many sales associates do you have uh in in your company so on my team so the lee brown and associates team there's 12 of us okay and that's a mix of agents and administrative professionals plus a couple of part-time Ladies that I call my secret weapons because they do so much behind the scenes and they're fantastic at making our clients just ecstatic with their experience. And then outside of that, Hadi and I, there's 11 offices in Remax Executive and we have around 300 agents among the offices. Wow. Wow. So all in, all in, all in North Carolina? All in North Carolina except for one, which is in South Carolina, because mm-hmm. where Charlotte sits, we're on the state line. So our metro area includes a little bit of South Carolina. So we do have some presence over there. In fact, one of my best agents lives right there in Fort Mill on Lake Wiley. So it allows us to, especially with relocation people, we can help educate them on the whole market. Because if, if a bank moves you to Charlotte and they just say, Charlotte, you don't have the foggiest idea which of the suburbs makes sense, which is if I were moving to Toronto, I'd want to look at Mississauga, but I wouldn't be asking for that right out of the gate because uh-huh. I wouldn't know to, you know? Yep. Yep. Okay. So you're doing all of this stuff. You've got this amazing business, and I guess you've got this amazing business partner who who gives you the freedom to make your awesome videos, which I love, um, and, and I guess get out there and promote your personal brand. So – you're, you're kind of listing and selling as well, am I right? I primarily list because with my travel schedule, technology gives us a lot of freedom with listings. I've got an offer that's coming in shortly that I can negotiate while I'm in the car. With buyers, I have agents that are so much more patient with buyers than I am, so they handle them really well. And I don't try to muck with their schedules because my travel is just with the market being hot right now, you really have to be available to show a house when it hits because you might miss it otherwise. So right. we do, we have the right people so we can make sure our clients don't miss out. Okay, okay. So I want to get into some of these other things that you do, but firstly, I'm I'm really interested because I'd I'd love to ask you what are some of the major things that or the success strategies or tactics or habits I guess that that you've learned and and I know you do a lot of public speaking and 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 kind of training as well. Um, what are some of the things that people ask you? And if if somebody sat down and said, Lee, give me your top top three tips for success, what what would you say? 
The first thing I tell any agent who is either getting started or trying to get to the next level is you've got to have discipline. And it sounds so simple, but so many realtors just wake up and say, okay, well, let me find something to do with my day. And they're not organized. They're not disciplined. And they're hoping that buyers and sellers fall into their lap. And when I first got in, my dad was the best mentor you can have in the business because he didn't let me touch a client for 90 days. I had to live in his hip pocket and learn the business so that I could do it well. So the other thing I tell agents is you've got to not only have the discipline, but you need a mentor or somebody to guide you so that you can learn the intricacies of real estate. The licensing that we go through, no matter what market you're in, is not enough to have a an, an arsenal of information to really help the consumer. So they need a mentor. They need the discipline to get up and treat this like a business every day. And then the other thing that has really built my business, and just for reference, my team last year did about 300 sides, which was $75 million in volume, which was consistent over the previous year. And yeah. we're always glad for consistency. But what took my business from that plateau of $5 million a year in sales to $75 million was consistency. And what we do is anytime a buyer or seller prospect calls our office, we ask them a very simple question. It's, may I ask you a few questions? Because we're very focused on permission-based marketing. And as soon as they say yes, we have a list of questions we go over. So we're in very focused professional mode instead of making it up new every time. Yep, which I if real if realtors would understand how much disservice they do to themselves trying to bend and mold everything to every single person they meet, you can't do that and do it well. You have to have a system and you have to be asking the right questions so the consumer feels like they found a competent professional. Okay. Okay. And and what about what about your team when when you're training your team? What are what are some of the things that that you work on on the most say if somebody's in a bit of a in a bit of a spot and they need they need a bit of lead to uh, to drag them out of the out of the bog. What do you what do you do how do you do that? Well, it becomes accountability because we we often in this business get very lonely and very insular, which is a reason that I do have a team. I don't want to be doing this alone. And when I was getting started, being with my dad, having somebody to share the successes with and to commiserate when people are awful to you was huge. So when their sales are off, the first thing I ask is, you know, what are your activities? How many people have you called? How many personal notes have you sent out? How many houses have you previewed? And it blows my mind, Ray, how many agents get in a business and then six months later they decide they're experts and they quit educating themselves. Yeah. They stop going to classes. Yeah. They stop visiting builders. They stop learning the market. And what I know is that as realtors, whenever we're active in the business, the business finds us. So you go out and visit two builders and ask them about what lots they have and what floor plans and what is their cost right now or visit some existing listings, or call your buddies and say, hey, what listing do you have that's coming that I could preview? You will find some houses to have a look at and be educated on. And whenever you go look at some houses, it's kind of crazy how buyers appear 
that are interested in that area and that price range. And now you're the knowledgeable professional who can talk about it. Yeah. But if you're in the dumps and you haven't sold anything and you just sit at home in your pajamas and get on Facebook and feel how pitiful you are, you're not going to do any business that way. Put your clothes on, go to work like a big girl and start making some phone calls and just say, Hey to people, you don't have to call and be icky. And that's what I think realtors use as an excuse for not calling people. They don't want to feel like salespeople. Instead, all they have to do is call and say, hey, how you doing? I was thinking about you. And what human being doesn't like having somebody call them and say, hey. Yeah, yeah. And there's so there's so many people kind of, um, uh, outsourcing is the wrong word, but but using using other methods apart from getting on the phone. They're relying <laughs> on email or maybe Facebook or direct mail or letter drops or that sort of thing where – Jumping on the telephone is is probably one of the most powerful things you can do. And it's paid for. That's what blows my mind. They want to spend money on all these silver bullets and all these coaches that charge $1,200 a month and promise them 100 listings if they just listen. But frankly, all the tool you have is right there in your hand. Agents just don't use it because they're afraid of rejection. I get it. They are lovers of people and they don't want confrontation, which is also why they use email because email is passive aggressive. You can say anything you want. And the other person deletes it and you don't have to deal with it, but you won't build relationships that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lee, it's interesting, the, the industry, and I know you've got some, I know you've got some history, uh, with, um, with NC Realtors and, and you've been involved pretty heavily, pretty deep as, as an industry. Um, I'm always concerned that the professionability, professionality, I guess, of, uh, of, of a, of a real estate business, not so much your business, obviously, but where you've got the average the average income of uh, of a real estate professional in the U.S. I think around or under under fifty thousand dollars. There, they can't be doing many deals in a in a in a year. Are you thinking? Are you do you think that's something that's sustainable? Well, what's interesting is how cyclical it is. And when we went through the recession, we lost a ton of members of the National Association. So the number of realtors went down, the people subscribing to the Code of Ethics, paying their dues. However, because most of the states in the U.S. have an even lower bar than the National Association for having a license, most of the states didn't see a dramatic dip in licensees. They saw some fall off. But when the renewal cost is only 40 bucks, most people can keep their license. So what happens is you don't lose people's ability to help the consumer, but they stop getting the business because they're not active and they're scared and they go back to their full-time jobs and they didn't know what they were doing anyway. So they held on to their license for six years and the market came back. And so now the market has come back in many areas, although it's very uneven recovery, And in those instances, you now have people trying to sell a house that haven't really done it since 2007, and they don't know what's changed in the contracts. They haven't kept up with changes in technology, and they're a danger to the consumer. But the reality is the consumer has got to learn to ask better questions. And that's what kills me. It's like a consumer can meet with three realtors about selling their home, and they just pick the one they like the best. And I get it. It is a personal transaction that you're doing, and it's very intimate and very personal because your family's involved. However, likability should not be the number one way the consumer hires a realtor. And I, I fear that they do it because they don't know 
that there's a different experience to be had out there. And that's a, a long answer to your question. Okay. I am very okay. concerned about professionalism, yeah. but I can only fix it in my team, in my market, with my consumers. And then I can fix it further by training and educating throughout the country and throughout the world. So it's one of my personal missions. Most realtors won't invest that time or energy in it because they're so busy trying to pay the mortgage. But I don't really know what the solution is. And I'm, I, in fact, I wrote a whole page of notes down today because it was striking to me that if you look at our society and how we want things delivered to us, we want to order our Starbucks so that it's ready when we get there. We don't want to wait in line, even that 35 seconds. In fact, if you order mobile order and you get there and it's not ready, you get irritated <laughs> and you call customer service. And if you don't get somebody within a minute, you get irritated and you yell at somebody when they get on the phone and you go to go, you know, go drive somewhere and you knew it was rush hour and you knew there was going to be traffic. And still you sit there and steam because you can't get everything exactly the way you want it. And real estate is almost the one thing that it can't be on demand. Yeah. Unless you have all vacant houses at some point, people have this huge time investment in their big financial investment. And I think that could be where some of the frustration comes from for the consumer because we can't make our industry match what the consumer wants. And realtors are so scared to death of any change, they resist even improving what they are doing. And so the consumer is already frustrated and the realtors don't move. So the frustration is doubled. And yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. I'm it's something well, I struggle with. Well, it's something you, you mentioned before. I mean, it's only something that you, you can only worry about your own backyard. You can't, you can't control everything. You can try and influence it. You also said that, you know, agents are reluctant to change, but, but change is being forced upon us. You look at what's happened in the last, you know, ten or five years. You look at these companies like like right. Z- like Zillow and and what's happening in the market. I mean, uh, other organisations and other interests are making these decisions for us, and it's taking, ta- you know, it's completely outside of of what's going on. What do you think the future holds? Where where is this going to? What you know? What's next? Well, you know, to an extent, the Zillows of the world can affect our business, but really, if you think about the on demand principle, there's only so much of real estate that can be on demand. So Zillow filled in a gap that realtors had left alone. They did not fill in the demand that consumers want to see all the information right away. But I think they've kind of filled in the gaps that can be filled. So what happens next is, A, when is the consumer going to learn to demand a great real estate experience? When are they going to demand professional photography and demand to see an agent's credentials when they get to the house? When are brokers going to be properly compensated for the liability they have with all these agents in the house? Well, that kind of leads me to my next question, Lee, and you're probably the perfect person to ask, is that if I'm a salesperson and I I want to go out and I I want to start building my team, I've enjoyed some success. I might even have an assistant, but I want to take it up a notch. I want to start some marketing. Uh, what would be your advice? How do I start building my team? The first thing you add is an administrative professional who can take the clerical tasks off your plate. And most realtors want to hire a buyer agent first because that's what they heard they should do: uh-huh. buy some leads on the internet, give it to a buyer agent, and make money. 
But that's like adding a bathroom onto your house without adding an additional foundation underneath. The bathroom only holds up for so long before it collapses in on itself, and then you have shit everywhere, which is bad. Okay. So <laughs> you're going to add an administrative pro so that you have affected the foundation of your business because most realtors are so good at the relationship piece, but they're wretched at the details, the paperwork and the follow-up and the phone calls and the scanning and the Dropbox and the contracts and all that stuff. Yep. So you hire somebody to do that. Well, then you have more time to spend on buyers and sellers and negotiations, which in turn grows your business. And after you get to the point where you have somebody managing the back end, so your database is clean, you're sending out regular postcards or newsletters or whatever you use to touch people, that's happening now, your contracts are clean, then you start adding agents to supplement your skill set. So if you're an agent who adores buyers, but you hate the confrontational nature of a listing, you hire somebody who's great with listings. And if you hate working with buyers because they can't make a decision and they want to drive around every weekend and every night, then you hire an agent who loves that piece and balance out your strengths. Yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Let's, let's, Let's dive a little deeper into hiring somebody like hiring a rookie and, and your advice to a, to a rookie is really what I mean. If, if somebody's just starting out in real estate, if you, if you had your time again and, and not everybody has, has their dad like, like you did and, and like I did, I'll, I'll admit. Um, and that's often a challenge, but what would be your advice to somebody starting out? Where do you begin? How do you, how do you get some traction and, and start winning some listings and sales? What, what, where are the priorities? Where's the low-hanging fruit, Lee? They've got to find a daddy. Go, may, you and I might have had the one that we were the fruit of their loins, but all these new agents can go find a daddy or a mama. Go find an existing seasoned agent and live in their hip pocket. Yep. Most of them will gladly say yes as long as you do some grunt work for them. So. A rookie agent who comes to me, am I going to hand them buyers and sellers? Hell no. They don't know what they're doing. No. Why would I let somebody who's clueless handle the consumer's largest financial instrument? It drives me crazy. And nobody wants to pay their dues anymore. They want to walk into this business and make six figures. Well, you know what? You haven't earned the right yet. So if you come to me, you should say, hey, how can I ride around in your car? I want to take out the trash and vacuum the floor and sit beside you while you answer the phone so that I can learn. Yeah. And that's what a smart rookie agent will do. And maybe it's for six months, maybe it's for a year, and maybe they're going to pay you 5% of the commission. You won't make much money. But if you're attaching yourself to somebody who gets the business, the minute you're done with that learning role, your business will explode because you'll know what to do. And then you'll know that when you run into someone, you'll know how to have the conversation that gives them the comfort to invite you to their home so that you can discuss the financial implications of selling it. Yeah. yeah. And I put it in those terms because it drives me crazy. We, we really don't seem to take seriously as an industry, 